On today's show, KB and I are going to be discussing the new Rogue One characters. The new Wolverine movie has a title. The new Ben Affleck-helmed Batman movie has a title. We'll be discussing that. And on the final countdown, we'll be ranking our top three supernatural comic book characters. All of that and a special guest via telephone on location from Disney World on this episode of Free Your Geek. By the And welcome to Free Your Geek. I am your host, Jay Free, joining me in the studio. That was a weird pause to put in there. But joining me in the studio, my buddy to my left, KB. What's up? What's up? What's up, man? And we got a call coming in right now. Um, Check this out. Uh, I'm going to pick this up. Hello. How's it going? Ladies and gentlemen. We are joined by friend of the podcast, a gentleman by the name of Johnny Leather. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm in an undisclosed location, uh, hurricane in Orlando, Florida. So I'm you're pretty good. So Matt Matthews kicking kicking ass over there. It sounds like. Oh, it's going to be pretty bad. Uh, the governor was saying you will lose power. It's uh, it's definitely pretty uh, exciting, but I'm all prepared, which is a good thing. So you're you're in Orlando right now. Undisclosed Absolutely. location. We, we can't. We can't give away everything. Somewhere in Orlando. Um, exactly, exactly. The mystery behind the man. Always a man of mystery. So, yeah. so you're our first phone guest, by the way. So you should feel privileged. Can you hear KB all right? I hear everybody wonderful. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, we were uh, messing around with this uh, mixer and finally got the phone calls working. So that's cool. Um, yeah, we love having you as the first guest on. You're on location. Uh, the topic of today's show is going to be a little bit more supernatural. Um, so to get kind of right into it, though, we were talking about, and I don't know if you've seen this yet, but they've been releasing some pictures of some of the newer characters uh, for the Rogue One movie. And I know that's a, that's an interest of yours, and you wanted to touch upon that a little bit. So before we get into our news, and I know that you know, you're know you in Orlando and, and whatnot, um, number one, I want to find out what rides you've been on or anything you've been able to do before they shut Disney down. And then number two, uh, what are your thoughts on Rogue One? Well, first of all, I've been, uh, I was able to go to Hollywood Studios and Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios before they started to shut everything down. So I did our rock and roller coaster. And for anyone who has an even passing interest in haunted houses, you have to do Halloween Horror Nights. So it's so they basically they dress it all up. In, in now, what what park is this? Uh, this is at uh, Universal Studios so in U- Orlando. Universal Studios, and they they dress it all up for Halloween in the month of October. They do a whole like supernatural, spooky, ghost type of theme. 
Yeah, there's multiple haunted houses. There's like Myers theme park this year. Have a whole zombie that kept fighting through. And new this year, there's a uh, uh, Linda Blair or The Exorcist haunted house. And it's um, take the best haunted house you've ever been to and multiply it by ten, and that's what Halloween Horror Nights is. So well, it's, it's it's that to the tenth power is what you're saying. I'll put it this way. I live in Salem, Massachusetts, but I decided to come to Orlando, Florida to celebrate Halloween. I'll put it that way. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. So there's Mike Myers, Linda Blair, zombies, all kinds of cool stuff, all different haunted houses, different themes. That sounds like a blast. So I'm glad you're having a good time, um, weather permitting. So you were telling me a little earlier today they're shutting the parks down. Yeah, yeah. They shut everything down at 5 o'clock. All the parks are closed um, tomorrow. Uh, everything shut off. Grocery stores, Walmart's. Yeah, it's definitely hunkered down and tape your windows. That's that's crazy. So, well, be careful, please. Uh, we we want to have you back on the show in person at some point. So we we want you surviving that. Um, but before well, we... I'll be fine because I've got a van all emptied out and a truck all emptied out. And uh, in about two days, I'm ready to do some high class loot. Nice. <laughs> so so it's like the zombie apocalypse over there for you right now. Absolutely, I love chaos. So it's a good thing. That's awesome. Okay, well, speaking of chaos, uh, there's a lot of uh, uproar and chaos uh, about the Rogue One movie that's coming out shortly. Uh, before we let you go, because I know like things are kind of hectic over there, uh, some thoughts on what you're looking for, what you're excited for, what you hope to see, what you don't want to see, things along that nature. I am pretty curious and excited to see kind of more of a from the ground troops point of view of the whole Star Wars universe. We care about the Jedi or the these powerful uh, politicians. I would like to get an interesting view of uh, sort of the ground floor of uh, the Star Wars universe. I love the trailer. I uh, think they had a great amount of uh, Darth Vader. And um, I just hope that um, the reshoot didn't lighten it up too much. So you're hoping it has like a dark feel to it. Is that is that what you're referring to? Right, right. I know there were some reshoots. Uh, Disney wanted to kind of let the whole feel movie have it a bit more comical, but you know, they're at war. You know, it's supposed to be dark, so I just hope it didn't make it to uh, Disney cherry. Yeah, we don't want to turn it into another episode one. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so yeah, we, we're going to be going through over when you. I know you're a fan of the show, and you always you always send me a text and, and saying, you know, is the new episode up? Is the new episode up? So this will be up. Uh, Friday morning, so you know, depending if you still have uh, power on your cell phone and you haven't depleted the battery, uh, you're more than welcome to listen to this, obviously. And then we'll be talking after we hang up with you. We got some uh, pictures. Uh, I printed out some articles with some of the newer characters that are going to be in those, and just I think I have brief synopsis of each one, uh, and we'll just be discussing that. I am by no means a, a huge Star Wars guy, as is KB is a, a way bigger Star yep. Wars fan, and so. Um, I think we need to have you back in here, Mr. Leather. Um, can I call you Jonathan Leather, or do, would you, do you prefer Johnny? I prefer Johnny. Johnny Leather, I like the ring of the Johnny Leather. Okay. But well, I, was, I would like to be back there shortly. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. And, and thank you for giving us what I like to call the Leather Report that's happening right now uh, <laughs> with, with Matthew. Uh, I was going to either call it LOL, Leather on Location, or the Leather Report due to the Hurricane Matthew. Um, so we appreciate you calling in. Uh, thank you. Thank you for giving us your thoughts on Rogue One. And I want to, again, point out, like you said, Universal Studios, 
multiple haunted houses the month of October. So if you ever if you're a big fan of like the Halloween and, and the supernatural, it definitely behooves you to go check that out at some point in your life. Swing by Universal Studios and check out uh, those haunted houses. Yeah, thanks for having me. And stay safe, guys. I'll be uh, surfing up there myself. I'm going surfing tomorrow. Yeah, man, so. stay stay safe. Stay safe. <laughs> thanks for being yeah, on the show, safe, sir. Stay safe, Johnny. All right, bye. And take care. Bye-bye. Bye. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was Johnny Leather. KB, I think uh, Hurricane Matthew was affecting his phone. Yeah. So just kind of some of the things to take away from that. Obviously, they and I tried to uh, reiterate and, and kind of condense everything. But, yeah, Universal Studios... Changes the park up for Halloween. You know, I haven't been even to Disney in so long. I, I got to get back there just to see what it is now. I agree. I agree. I haven't been since I was like 20-something years old. Twenty. I was like 13, old. dude. That was like <laughs> so, 45 years ago. I know. I'm an old man. Uh, well, Johnny Leather, he always he always likes to call in. He, he loves the show, and we love having him on because yeah. he's, he's a very vibrant uh, personality. He, he's, he is what, uh, he's what being a geek is all about. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Um, all right, so let's talk about some uh, some industry news, shall we? You want to get into this? Yeah, into the, sure. this Rogue let's, One stuff? Let's do it. All righty. Okay, so we have a couple of things uh, on the docket for today. Um, <laughs> what, why are you laughing? I'm just laughing at this first picture of this okay, so character. Okay, for, so for those, for those <laughs> listeners... Uh, I printed out an article that basically <laughs> is going through all these new Star Wars characters, and this is from theweek.co.uk. The first one is a rendition. It looks like if you take Splinter from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and you cross him with a... Bane and a poodle. Bane, a, a poodle, <laughs> and then you try to make it a Chewbacca <laughs> character. Um, oh man! This character's name is Moroth. Moroth, and it looks like it's a species of Gigoran. 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 That sounds right. And a description of this character: uh, Moroth seeks out combat zones to sell his brawn and firepower to anyone who might need it. The mercenary figures there's money to be made for a towering heavy gunner. So he's so he's not a poodle. He's more like a uh, he's going to be a, che- a great Dane. He's going to be a Chewbacca yeah. character. Yeah, which is going to be I don't know. I, I'm bit. I'm curious to see what his voice sounds like. Like, yes. is, is he going to have an electronic kind of voice with this? He kind of has like this uh, Vader, not totally Vader mask, but a Bane-looking kind of mask. Yeah, it was well. That's that, that picture. I mean, it might yep. could just be its armor, and it might change later. Yeah. But, um, the next character uh, and KB, as I mentioned, you're more of a Star Wars fan than me. Is, is this look like any Star Wars creature to you? Uh, which one are we doing? Rebel Commando Pow? No. Okay, so I don't know. It's a uh, Drabata. So, again, not familiar with these species, but uh, it's an amphibious Drabata, fierce commando pow, charges into battle with a full-throated battle cry of Sakala. He joins the Rogue One team on its historic mission to secure the Death Star plans. He doesn't look like a good guy. And, and this this is a character that kind of worries me because he he looks bad and then he's he's on the good guy side and then he so might you be. Think I'm he hoping might he's Sith. not a and I'm hoping he's not a comical relief either as far as the movie so goes. no no Jar Jar you're thinking yeah more. I, I'm looking I, I'm thinking like this character I don't know which way it, it, he's gonna go that's very know. interesting um, the next one we have there's gonna be a new brand of uh, new class of stormtrooper yes it's gonna be the Scarif stormtrooper commander. Uh, they're stationed at the top secret Imperial military headquarters on Scarif, 
The shore troopers patrol the beaches and bunkers of the planetary facility. A lot of people are crazy about stormtroopers. Me, I, I I think they all look the same. I know, yeah, there's there's variant there's variant versions that's, of them. That's like heresy to some people, dude. I know, I know. But for me personally, it's like, yeah, you know, I I, I don't think they, they change them enough from movie to movie to, you know, really make a difference to me most of the time. But I, I do understand why people, you know, enjoy that part of it. All it's right, the so, details sometimes so, in Star Wars. So as we mentioned, you're you're a bigger fan of the uh, characters and the than, than I am. The, story, the, the, the yeah. world. The the whole the whole thing. Like I love the movies. Yeah. But I, I'm not like as familiar with in depth with all the characters. Um my question to you at this point is the stormtroopers, uh I believe in episode three, and yes, I did watch episodes one, two, and three. Um, didn't yeah, because that was when you got into it. You didn't even watch four, five, and six. I watched four, five, and six about a year before episode one came out. Yeah. So I picked it up on DVD, I believe, or, or VHS. And you weren't entertained, were you? I liked it. It was just I, you know, I think I think it was just the timing for you is a little the off. The hype, you know, yeah. the hype that it was. I, I think I built it up to be bigger than it was, and it didn't capture my. I think if I was younger and I would have watched it, I, I'd have a totally different like love for yeah. it. Um, but I mean, not to say I don't, I don't like the movies. I mean, four, five, and six, and even uh, episode seven now, I think stands head and shoulders, way head and shoulders above anything in episodes one and two. Three wasn't bad. No, three I liked. Two, two was probably the one that was like the love story. Yeah, that, that but was e- the even that I politics yeah. story, but wasn't and I can't remember Boba Fett's father, Django. He was they cloned him and they used him as stormtroopers. Yes, is that? But that and I didn't watch like any of the animated so the Clone Wars or anything. Uh, Clone Wars stuff is actually pretty good. Okay, but does that explain how the stormtroopers start from uh, being clones of Boba Fett's father? What is it, Django? Django Fett? Yeah, but. Yeah, but not really. I mean, it's uh, they kind of. It's a whole army of his. Clones. I mean, the whole Clone Wars are clones. I mean, that's right. The but point then, at what point do the clones go away and they actually start using? Oh, clarifying that. Um, you know, that's a good question. That that's what I was confused because again, not watching the Clone Wars, I'm just saying, how do you get from Episode Three to Episode Four, where you know all the stormtroopers are clones, and then Anakin becomes Darth Vader? In episode three, he becomes Darth Vader, turns to the dark side. And then from where we leave off, I mean, granted, he's an old man in episode four-ish. So, I mean, you have a couple, like probably like 50 years or so, roughly. And again, I don't know how time works in the Star Wars universe, but... But all I need is one strand of DNA to keep cloning them. But that's what I'm saying. So where where do they decide, oh, these clones, we're not going to be using clones anymore? Because, again, think about it. Was Django, Django Fett, was he like a bounty hunter as well? So how do, so he in fact the same ship, right? But I'm saying that like he must have impeccable aim. He must be a sharpshooter. He's gonna and then to go to where all these storm shooters, uh, st- storm troopers couldn't shoot the broadside of a barn. That's a good point. I just want to know what changed. That's what I want to know. Anyway, moving on, we have another storm trooper, uh, a hover tank driver. Uh, it's a driver that operates the Empire's arsenal of armored repulsor vehicles. Combat drivers are highly armored, relying on their thick skin of their vehicles to protect them in battle. So we got a bunch of different stormtroopers, and that's why I kind of brought up that little aside about, you know, are they clones or are they individual people? So that's that's interesting. So any thoughts on any of these characters, KB? Uh, no additional thoughts. Okay, because we're going to be moving on to, now they were releasing images for... Um, the patches and whatnot. Of, I'm assuming these are these are going to be additional characters coming down the pipeline. Uh, this is from, and I'll include this link in the show notes as well. This is from makingstarwars.net. 
Uh, it's a new. There's a new astromech droid. Its name mm-hmm. is R two BHD. It looks like a silver plated R two D two. So I don't know what that is, but they also that article also shows that the Tops action figure set have a Rogue One patches from the new uh, their new sets that are dropping out. Um, Those are probably limited one in ten thousand. Again, packs. I don't know, but I, the one I want to focus on here is the L one droid. If you can see that, yes. That, is that supposed to be like a, a earlier version of three uh, PO, a different version of three PO? There were lots of there's lots of different droids, and a lot of them are for different purposes. And I, I find usually these walking ones are usually medical droids, or they are uh, like three PO with uh, linguistics and things of that nature. So if I thought this, if I thought this was like a uh, a precursor to three PO, you would tell me this isn't the droid that I, I'm looking for. No, okay. I, I don't think so. Okay. And remember, three PO is very unique. Is you know Anakin built him so. That's true too. I just I think this is yeah. This droid looks like I don't know if the so I'm just trying to think if this new L1 droid and the R2 BHD are going to be this movie's version. I don't know if they're going to be copying the relationship between 3PO and R2D2 in the other movies. The, the Admiral Radis is is um, interesting because uh, what's his name? The actor that played Akbar passed away recently. I cannot think of the guy's name. It's escaping me right now. Oh, it's a trap. Yes, it's a trap. Um, so this Admiral Radis thing is uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. Maybe it's a little bit of a tribute to have a new a new maybe character another one of the species to say hey you know uh, you know we wouldn't use Akbar we would use you know this guy so to speak. So there's also rumors and I'm not going to go into the article itself, but after Rogue One, Disney's confirming a new spinoff film for Star Wars. I think it's getting a little much. I love Star Wars. Don't get me wrong. I love everything about it, but I I just you know. Um, it sounds like Disney's just trying to make a uh, Marvel universe out of the Star Wars films. Well, it sounds. It seems like uh, the Force Awakens director J.J. Abrams hinted that it's going to be a Knights of Ren movie, Knights which is going to be okay. revealing the backstory of Episode Seven, uh, Kylo Ren's squadron of dark side dis- uh, disciples. Yeah, what's next? Oh, a TV show. <laughs> I have no clue. I just I think that's that's interesting. I mean, again, yeah. I'm not big into Star Wars myself. I but. and I don't know. I don't know how you felt about Kylo Ren, but I. I wasn't. Um, he looked so cool before the movie came out, and then after the movie yeah. came out, I was I was very disappointed. Um, uh, I don't know. Maybe the acting job really wasn't uh, wasn't what it should have been. I I think the, or the writing. Well, I think it's a little it's, bit of both. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's the acting. I think it's the writing. I think it's the way the character was yeah. was written. Um, I, again, not being as immersed in that world as other people, I don't know the difference. Like of from the Sith side, because he's very emotional and very rage filled. I don't know if that's what they were going for. That is what they're going for. Um, but some of it's like he doesn't have the. Um, it, it comes and again, maybe maybe they were going for that. But you know, the kind of whininess. It's kind of more of a whiny hate. Like Anakin, what I hated about Anakin Skywalker in Episode Two was the the whiny crybaby ish kind of mentality. Um, it, it's one thing to be dark and to be mean, but it's another thing to be dark and kind of cry and. But maybe, maybe that's you want. maybe that's the overall theme. And again, I, I'm not an expert by no means, but maybe that's the overall theme they're going for. Where Anakin is very emotional and conflicted, and he has, you know, uh, what is it, midi chlorian? Well, that, that is what they're going yeah, for. Like he's, you know, he's got the forces within him, but he's because he's so emotional. He leans now more toward the dark side, dark side, and that's why he's very emotional and and kind of whiny and stuff. And yeah. then they're kind of just like paying homage or or following the same path with uh, Kylo Ren. Well, I mean, that's what that movie did, basically. So, 
So it shows that you know this whiny kid can turn into Darth Vader, while Kylo Ren or Ben. Uh, it's almost like they took elements of the first three movies and the second three movies and kind of you know, mixed them, them in. And, yeah, mixed and matched and, uh, and grab yeah. bagged it all up. Yep, basically. Very cool. Speaking of movies, though, so let's get out of the Star Wars world, but let's stay in the Disney world. Well, I wish Disney, we could stay at Disney World. Di- that'd be good. that's actually a great could, pun. Could use a vacation right now. Um, let's talk more about some Marvel properties. Now, this isn't necessarily um, Marvel movie, but Marvel Cinematic Universe, the series on Netflix. Luke Cage. You and I are both uh, almost finished with that series. We skipped something. We are. I'm going to get back into oh, okay. it. I'm going to get back into it. I'm, I'm going to do. I'm, I'm basically going off script, and I'm going to do what we like to call in the biz a segue. Okay. So we're going to segue. Uh, Iron Fist. We, we, you and I are both. Uh, yep. Almost done with Luke Cage. We're both about in episode yep, twelve. Got one episode so, left. Been uh, been um, amazing so far. Yeah. I think. Quick quick uh, recap of it. Um, I love the backstory on how he got his powers, how he got his unbreakable skin. The flashbacks were great. It's a really gritty street gang related type of series. I, I like how they go really into the characters. They do. Misty Knight. They go way yep. into her character. You yep. learn a lot in. Not just not just story, but emotions and the the emotions that she holds and the feelings that she holds about a lot of things. And I absolutely agree with that. And um, as you heard on last week's episode, we did a spotlight adding character on Misty Knight, yeah. and we talked about how she had a bionic arm from Tony Stark. Yep. There's been a number of times, and I haven't, I can't possible spoilers because I ha- we haven't seen the last episode yet. But there's an episode where she gets shot in the arm. Yep. And somebody says that if she doesn't get, if she doesn't take care of that arm, it might have to be amputated. Rosario Dawson's character, Claire um, Temple. Claire Temple. She's she's been she's excellent. amazing. She's been excellent in these Netflix shows. I mean, um, I think she's found her place because it seems like she kind of fell off a little bit and wasn't really doing a lot of work. But this is like like movie work and stuff. Like, it, but this seems to be like a big like thing for her to be in this you know uh, Netflix universe for them. Yeah, absolutely, and I I think love her. She's one of my favorite actresses. Let me let me ask you something else. Just popped into my head. Um, as far as the the Netflix series go, you've seen both seasons of I've Daredevil. S- I've seen all of it so okay. far. Where do you rank Luke Cage so far? Since you haven't seen the, how it ends, the the last episode, where do you rank it? You know what i i I don't want to say it's better than Daredevil, but I feel like I I to I me Daredevil like season is. one is still top, but then Jessica Jones. Daredevil season two and Luke Cage are all like neck and neck for yeah. number two. I will it's say tough. though, I will say, out of all the Netflix series so far, best music, this one, Luke Cage. Oh yeah, for real. Yeah, I just it's very it's very. It, I think the time, the going back and forth in time parts, yeah. the flashbacks, you get all these different. Um, <clears throat> I mean, a lot of it's funk and soul and, and hip hop and things like that, but you get jazz, very blues. jazz blues. I forgot about that stuff. Um, so that's you know, it's it, it's really um, a different vibe. That you're getting from well, this it was movie. It, when it was a good uh, kind of like a, a method of how to get that music in there. That the one of the main antagonists owns a club, yep. You know, and he's always there's a different band there every night, and it's just that music is just awesome. And and I do like there's a lot of mentions to the other parts of the Marvel universe. Yes, no actual. Well, no, I'm not going to give anything away. Yeah, but you they, know, they I, mention they mention characters from the Marvel Cinematic movies, other Netflix series. Yeah. Yeah, like somebody says, oh, was everybody fly around a hammer or something yeah. like that? Like, and they actually yeah. do name certain, certain characters yeah. from the Marvel universe yep. by name. We don't want to get into and, too and many more spoilers. specifically the Netflix stuff. They they mention. Oh yeah, they mention Frank Castle. They yeah. mention Jessica you know, Jones. They mention you know yeah. Daredevil. So. Daredevil. Yeah, and they allude to a lot of it. Um, Leaving so, those doors open. Yes. 
So anyway, Iron Fist is the next Actually, Netflix before series. we move on, I have a question. I'm not moving on. <laughs> okay, but before I move off of Luke Cage. Oh, okay, go. Itself, um, <clears throat> question for you. Where does this timeline fall, do you think? And I don't know if you, we should talk about this maybe on another show, but where does the Jessica Jones timeline fall in? Is before. that it's before. It's before. Because when, yeah, because Claire, Claire Temple, the uh, night nurse, uh, Rod- Rosario Dawson, she saves Luke Cage. Because the first couple episodes, it was a little confusing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it takes place. It takes place after the events of Jessica Jones. Yeah, just because of where it started. You know what I mean? Because I was like, okay, well, what kind of happened between Jessica Jones and this? And that's what was getting my head saying: Is this before? Or is this after? So I think. I think so far though, um, every series that's come out, come out. Wow. Every I can't wow. talk today. No. Wow, we're having a neither uh, one of us. We're all mushmouth today. The previous series, the order in which they came out: uh, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Daredevil Two, Luke Cage. That is the the coherent timeline. Okay. Even though they're doing flashbacks, because in Jessica Jones, um, the night nurse is there, and she's already worked on mm-hmm. Matt Murdock previously. So Daredevil happens before the events of Jessica Jones. Yep. Then um, after Jessica Jones, Daredevil happens because then that deals with the uh, Carrie Ann Moss, her character Judith Hogarth, which I I thought we were going to see her again. We'll see her in uh, Iron Fist. She's going to be an Iron Fist, and we broke that on yep, that's last right. week's podcast. But yeah, so then that she goes, so she basically moves from Jessica Jones to Daredevil season two, mm-hmm. and then Daredevil season two moves into Luke Cage mm-hmm. because they mention the stuff that happened with Frank Castle when he yep. was attacking. So it, it, it kind of flows. It's that one coherent. Now, granted, like you said, they do flashbacks. They show how Luke Cage got his powers. That was my favorite episode yep. so far. That was yeah. my favorite episode of the series so far. Was that episode? That's one of the later episodes. So if you're looking forward to that, it's in the later part of the uh, yeah. It's great part of the show. But I just want to bring that up. And like we said, we started with the Disney, the Star Wars. Now we're moving over to its Marvel properties, also under the Disney umbrella. And we're talking Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. They released a date for that, March seventeenth, two thousand seventeen. It's going to drop on Netflix. So that's about uh, we're in October right now. So that's about six months. Uh, five months five, away. Six months. Yeah. Five months away. So. You know, it's I like I like the fact that they can they're going to be dropping about two series a year, like one every six months. Too bad we watch them in like a week. Well, that's that's the fun part is Benjamin. <laughs> you can go back and, and go yeah. through Daredevil season yeah. one and two again and and have it like I love that stuff, man. It's, and that's the thing; it's like one thirteen uh, hour long movie. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, speaking of movies and kind of staying within the Marvel realm, but getting out of the Disney umbrella to a sister property, Wolverine, Hugh mm. Jackman. They came out with the name of the title. Uh, I released it on our Facebook page too. Uh, the first picture of yeah. Patrick Stewart as Professor Xavier looks fantastic. Looks amazing, and the title of the new Wolverine movie, which is going to follow the old man Logan storyline, mm-hmm. is simply titled Logan. I was surprised that they were going to do an old man Logan storyline. Kind of surprised me. Well, they they can't do it justice in the sense that it played out in the comics, the comics no. because all the other characters that are in there are under the Marvel, uh, the Disney umbrella, um, but. I think what they're going to do is they're going to introduce Sinister, Mr. Sinister, who's one of my favorite X-Men villains. I believe they're going to introduce the Reavers, and I believe they're introducing X-23, which is going to be fantastic. Now, that's an interesting thing, an interesting point about that. Um, So we're talking about rights here. So I'm taking it Disney doesn't have X-23's rights at all. No, because she's technically a mutant. And she will be Wolverine. And so that's what I'm wondering is now, do they spin her off into Wolverine? So if they do any other X-Men movies. Like, was she the new Wolverine? That'd be interesting. 
Just because um, of the whole old man Logan thing, and right? Whatever happens or if she replaces him, yeah. Depending, on, well, we in the comic know. books, that's kind of what happens. Yeah, in the comic books, but it's not the old man Logan storyline. Yeah, but it might be she's just a protege. Um, but but then moving forward, X Men movies. Who's play, who would play Wolverine? Do we even have a Wolverine? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, because if, especially if it's going to be set in the past, if it's going to be set in the nineties, like they're going back because mm. the last one, uh, Age of Apocalypse. Yep, it was X, set in the eighties. Uh, yeah, the Weapon X program was going on and all that. Right. Stuff. Yeah. So now, what is the new next one going to be? If they're going to use the same cast of characters, if they're going to use Nightcrawler and Storm and and Sophie Turner as Jean Grey and James McAvoy yeah. and Nicholas Holt and all, all of them, are they going to then you know just not write Wolverine? I don't know. That's an interesting. It's kind of hard to. It's kind of hard because of the Wolverine popularity to pass up on him. But that's why they've been working um, Jennifer Lawrence so much and like making her character yep. Mystique like this big thing. And I'm like, eh, all right, because she's a star. She's a star. And she's got name recognition, and she's playing a badass character. I mean, Wolverine was casted so perfectly too. Yeah, I mean, to an extent. I mean, I'm still. There's certain things you can't. I I, I think Hugh Jackman was born to play Wolverine. Um, I just wish he was about a foot shorter because yeah. Wolverine is like five foot nothing in the comics. Yeah. So um, that would have been interesting. But other than that, I, yeah, he's he's part of the look it. and the attitude and the, yeah. So sticking with that theme of movies. So we're going to go out of the Marvel realm now and into the DC realm. Uh. The Ben Affleck Batman helmed uh, movie. Ben Affleck sat down, and this is from uh, entertainmentweekly.com. Uh, <laughs> Affleck sat down with the Associated Press recently to talk about the upcoming thriller, The Accountant, but he also discussed Batman. And he's going to star in it, co-write it, and direct it. And he's revealed the movie's working title as The Batman. He says, at least that's what we're going with now. I might change it. Yay or nay on him having so much control? So here's my take on this. I think... He did well with the character for the most part. The character wasn't written well. The the character's <laughs> motivations wasn't written well in Batman versus Superman. Maybe he brought that up. Maybe he's like, listen. However, <laughs> however, he's a fan. Of, he's a fan yeah. of the material. So I think that he'll do a good job writing it because he's he he shows he can write. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. Goodwill did, hunting, uh, Goodwill hunting, all all those some other stuff. Um, what's the other one? The he town did? was it the town? I don't know if it was the town, but I know he did. Um, Argo, he was awesome in Argo, and I think he directed that. Or I, I wonder if he said after the the Batman versus Superman movie, like guys, if you want me to continue to do this, uh, I don't. I think want so. more input. I, no, because I think he did fantastic with the character. No, I mean as far as the movie itself, and kind of like you said, if he's passionate about the material, maybe he was like, you know what, maybe it'd be nice if I had some say in, in this to kind of like make it more uh, better better for himself. Because I mean, I wonder if acting in that, like he kind of like, uh, I don't like the, the thing about it, if you're acting about something you're passionate about. And it doesn't make sense. I mean, if you get a chance to kind of redo the character, you'd want to redo it the way you want to do it. So I'm just saying, I was wondering if he had some input into that based on kind of the way Batman versus Superman went. I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's got the passion for the character. Or, but, awesome. but if he, if, but if he kind of said to them, like, look, or if it was in the talks of like, hey, you know, if I'm going to keep doing this, you know, I'd like to kind of be more of a part of the character, you know. And what, what did you think about him? And I know he wasn't in it much, but Suicide Squad, I mean, his little pieces. I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. I mean, but that, that's just bringing that cohesion to the DC universe, which they, which need. they need. Exactly. So yeah. I, I like that. Um, I think it's a good move. So the Batman, as it's tentatively titled, is going to be coming out between The Flash 
and Cyborg movies. So The Flash is set for 2018, and Cyborg is set for 2020. We need to do a rundown of the DC movies like we did for Marvel. Yeah. Uh, well, again, it's, it's kind Not of... now, but... Yeah, well, yeah, because I don't have any... Yeah, well, we'll do that as a little uh, uh, feature, a feature, yep. yeah. DC feature. Yeah. Um, but I want to stick within the realm of DC, but leave the um, uh, umbrella of movies and go into more of the the uh, category, the lane of comic books. Okay. And this is not on the this is not on the format. So okay. I, I added this last minute, and I forgot to print it out on your copy. Uh, this is from comicbook.com. I don't know if you heard about this, KB. Warren Ellis is returning to DC to work on some of the characters that made that. him a household name among comic book fans as the curator of a new pop-up imprint called Wildstorm. So he's going to be bringing back, so this is the old image comics, because yep. Jim Lee sold all the rights yep. to his image stuff when he came back to DC. Um, so there's going to be a, uh, a new title called The Wildstorm, and then he's going to be writing that, but then it's also going to start spawning, no pun intended, uh, also other different properties such as Wildcats, Michael Cray, Zealot. He's, you're going to be revisiting characters like Grifter, Voodoo, mm. all those other characters that kind of came over to DC but then didn't do much once they had their own titles and went like maybe a run of 12 or 13 yep. issues and then stopped. So he said, after long reflection, I couldn't turn down the invitation to renovate the house that Jim Lee built and refit its unique combination of cosmic paranoia and paramilitary conspiracy for the post-political space madness of the 20-teens. Did you, uh, were you into Wildcats at all? Or? I was into Gen 13. Gen 13 yeah, and Gen Wildcats. 13 was... I was never hardcore into Wildcats. Yeah, Gen 13 was, was when I was growing up. I loved that series. And, it'd, uh, it'd be interesting to see what they do with it, especially with the whole... I mean, I'm assuming it'd be something totally separate of a lot of the rebirth. Like, it's kind of be its own universe. It's I gonna, mean, I think yeah. it's gonna be its own universe. And Jim Lee had this to say: "There are precious, precious. I can't talk. I can't talk today. There are precious few visionaries in our business, and fewer still, like Warren, who can elevate mythos with both stylistic panache and idiosyncratic spectacle. His work at Wildstorm remains the tone which best defines and reflects the Wildstorm universe." I know I speak for Wildstorm fans the world over when I say I can't wait to see what Warren and John have in store for fans in February. I, I like what DC is doing lately. I really do. Um, the Rebirth stuff, I know like you and I both been reading it. You know, um, it, a lot of it, I mean, some, it, some of it is missed, but most of it's pretty I'd decent. Say, I'd say it's like 70-30. Yeah, like most of it's pretty decent. It's, it's hit or miss, but most of it's pretty decent. Um, <clears throat> I like the whole, like we just said now, the whole... Um, Jim Lee stuff coming in, I think that's great. But they also got that uh, was the young animal stuff that's coming too. Like like they're trying to re-image themselves a little bit, get away from just their their big uh, five or six characters. Well, I they think. have the Holy Trinity, which yep. is Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. But then you know the but Flash. that's the same kind of thing, I'm right? S- I'm saying they're trying to get more they're, away from that to kind of reach other audiences. So some of their like maybe their second or third tier heroes that they've already had, yep. and kind of like reposition the spotlight on yeah. them for a while. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's, it's nice because I I do like I said I, I when I go I go when I go to the store and I see both the Marvel and DC stuff sitting on the shelf, it's it's easy to kind of see like okay DC kind of falls on, still continuously falls on Superman, Batman, Green Lantern, Flash for the most part, okay, um, but then you see Marvel and they are they have lots of different different characters. They're not falling on the same, you know, four or five. So it's nice to see DC kind of make more books with more different characters but and what expand I, their universe. What I like that DC is doing, though, which is a little bit different than Marvel, 
Um, and I'm not faulting Marvel at all for this because I think it's a cool concept too. But you know, they're changing their main title characters. They're changing like Sam Wilson yep. as Captain America. Uh, I don't know. I heard something about Iron Man. I don't. Yes, know the, yeah. Uh, there's a, there's gonna be a female Iron Man with Marvel now. And you know the whole thing with yep. you know um, Hulk. The, isn't there? There's like an Asian Hulk or, or something along those. Amadeus Chow. He's gonna be. He's in Champions, which just came out the other right. Day. But yep. I'm saying that they're trying to diversify. Kamala Khan, the Indian Miss Marvel. Right. Yes, so they're they're, diversifying. they're diversifying with characters that have already existed, which some fans, and again, not me included, because I, I understand the need for that, but it kind of pisses off some fans that it's like you're changing these characters that I love. It's the same character name, but now it's going to be a different person in that costume. I think some of it makes it more interesting. No, I agree, but I'm saying I can understand like the pushback a little bit where... Oh, from the diehards and the people that are reading for 20, 30 years, right. or whatever. Right, yeah. and I get that. But I, what, I get what DC is doing... To me, a little bit differently is they're introducing, and, and a lot of it is like, for example, you have Jessica Cruz and mm-hmm. Simon Bass. I like Green. that. I know you don't I like that. it. No, I do. Okay, at first, I, I, do. I first I think you weren't sold. I, I, I just I didn't like him with carrying guns and being like this. But now that you've read the story, it makes more sense. Yeah, that's an interesting dynamic. Not to go too far off topic, but uh, I like that they have two heroes in a book that kind of are the same character. It's a different it's kind of same, dynamic. It's the same, same, po- same, yeah, power. same power set, but same like different personalities. Yeah, and that's what I like about that book is they get in... Like that, honestly, that's my that's been my favorite. I know... Yeah. That's been my favorite DC read. But that, that's what I'm saying. They're, they're, they're using... They're creating new characters in there and they're putting effort into these new characters that they're creating to put the... the PR machine behind them, the yeah. public, you know, make these characters stand out. Like, because who would care? Like, say, oh, yeah, I mean, grant, granted, maybe Green Lantern's a different thing because there's so many of them. It's, yeah. it's, it's, but they didn't things. kill off Green Lantern. They didn't kill off Hal Jordan right. or anybody. So right. it's, it's a little bit different than uh, Mar- what Marvel's doing. Marvel is kind of killing a little thing, killing some things here and there. And, and they're, they're, they're making no way back in some cases on a lot of this stuff. Right. So you can't get back to the character. And that's a little. I mean, well, in comics, anything can happen, but I'm just saying, like, most of the storylines, um, you know, Civil War, uh, there were some de- significant deaths in Civil War, um, which also has me pissed off right now. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that on yeah. another show. Um, for now, folks, though, we have to take a break, and we're going to come back into the final countdown and discuss our top three favorite supernatural characters. We'll be right back after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Are you ready to upgrade your office space or living area for an affordable price? Stop by Pachico's Furniture, where you can expect a delightful shopping experience, all while saving you some of your hard-earned money. Pachico's Furniture specializes in used furniture, antiques, jewelry, electronics, video games, Blu-ray, DVD, musical instruments, and much, much more. Whether buying or selling, we strive on being Fall River's finest second-hand store. Pachico's Furniture is a family-owned and operated business located on 663 Bedford Street, formerly Billy's Cafe, in Fall River, Massachusetts. Come on by. You'll be pleasantly surprised. I'm not a bad guy. A little hard scrabble, sure, but uh, I'm on the side of the angels, mate. At least when they're not busy trying to screw me over. You're right, this is the spot. The Queen, Siago Sakasha. The Elmi, the Swan. 
never seen magic before. Well, go on then, Alice. Down the rabbit hole you go. And we are back from the rabbit hole. Welcome back to Free Your Geek. Jay Free, KB. What's up, what's up? And we're about to go into the final segment of today's show, and we call that segment The Final Countdown. It's the final countdown! Final countdown. So today's topic, KB. What's today's topic? Today is our top three favorite mystical characters. Okay, so starting with KB, do you have any honorable mentions or are you going straight into um, three? I am just going to go right into it. All right, then I'm gonna I'm gonna just take a quick second before yep. we do that. We'll toss off uh, format for a little bit. Uh, I just want to throw out two honorable mentions, and we talked a little earlier, and this might be kind of interesting. Okay. Huh. I'm looking at my list here. All my characters, speaking of DC, are all DC characters. I have not one Marvel supernatural character on my list. Huh. You know what? Kind of funny. Me too. Oh, there you go. So our list might be the same, but... Um, mm, I don't think so. Honorable mentions. I'm first going to just go out with uh, Dr. Fate. Uh, his, his power is spellcasting, flight, super strength, invulnerability, telekinesis, telepathy, pyrokinesis, lightning manipulation... Some of the things, though, he's unable to reverse spells that have already been cast, so that's not I always found help. that being interesting about him. Yeah, that's, that, that's kind of like a uh, catch-22 for him. And uh, his magic manifests in the shape of Egyptian hieroglyphics, such as an Ankh. So that's one of my honorable mentions. And the other one, Dead Man. Dead Austin Man. Brand. Uh, his powers as a dis- disembodied spirit, Dead Man could not be seen or heard by most anyone else, but he's able to pass through objects, fly, and float, and then his spirit can possess any living being and then talk through them and control their actions. So I think that's kind of cool. You're basically being possessed. So those are my two honorable mentions, but we're going to go into number three. KB, what is your number three? My pick? number three is the Demon Etrigan, DC Comics. I, I just love Etrigan. Um, I first, my first time reading Etrigan was actually the very first issue. And now, mine, that, kept, that came out in 1972. But um, I actually found the number one in a in a dollar bin. You know, one of those dollar uh, dollar boxes in the 90s. Um, the cover, the only problem with it was the cover, you know, the staples came off it. But um, I read it and I was like, oh, this is really good. And honestly, it was like one of the first comics I, that I was reading as a teenager. Um, and I started reading the other Demon comics. And then that put me on to Lobo because Demon, the Demon had, um, Etrigan, Etrigan the Demon had uh, uh, done a lot of stuff with Lobo. Um, I always liked the rhyming. And I like the way that, you know, the character is uh, tied to a person and manifests, you know, um, you know, they share they, they share the uh, physical form on Earth, so to speak. Um, so I always really like that about the character. The, the rhyming thing is really good. And I like the um, we see him teamed up with Zatanna and Justice League Dark. And um, so I just think that he's just one of those good characters. And he's, he's a Jack Kirby original. I think that was one of the not one of the first characters Kirby did with DC, but it's, it's one of his. Um, I think that's one like he done completely on his own. I believe. Um, so yeah. So uh, Etrigan is my uh, he's my number three. Okay, excellent. Thanks, KB. We'll hear more about Etrigan a little bit later. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, but my number three pick on the final countdown 
Well, hello. What have we here? Are you in a bit of trouble, love? Stay back. My name is John Constantine. I promise you, I'm not the one that's hunting you. What are you talking about? Who's hunting it's me? probably more of a word or possibly an it. Stay away! Back away! Stop! Stay away. It's easier to deny danger than to face it, but make no mistake, if you don't listen to me, you'd be dead by morning. My number three is John Constantine. Um, just He's quick, one of, I thought he'd be your number one. Well, wait I know to, you're a big Constantine. Well, guy. first of all, I want to just show this is this is my number three pick. Okay. <laughs> so I just I just held up the sheet. I, I print everything out, and I have a full page dedicated to each of my top three. Um, John Constantine, just give a quick uh, mini biography. He first appeared in 1985 as a recurring character in the horror series The Saga of Swamp Thing, in which he acted as a quote-unquote supernatural advisor to the main character. His official debut, debut was not until Swamp Thing number 37. In 1988, Constantine was given his own title, Hellblazer. In 1993, at the launch of DC's Vertigo Comics imprint, Hellblazer was made an official Vertigo publication. It was the longest continuously published Vertigo title. And the cool thing about that is he actually aged in real time since the spawn of his creation. So, hmm. for example, when his first solo series came out in 1988... Constantine was celebrating his 35th birthday. It was revealed that uh, he's reading a newspaper when he notices the date on the cover uh, is his birthday. So he says, oh, yeah, my birthday is May 10th. I was born May 10th, 1953. So in 88, he would have been 35 when the publication came out. Five years later, on May 10th, 1993, in the comic books, he turned 40 years old. So he aged in real time. Some of the powers. He's armed with the knowledge of many magical spells, rituals, and curses such as evocation, necromancy, illusions, invisibility, and can even use magic to time travel. He's got a wide range of protection magic, such as sigils and magic circles that can protect him from both physical and supernatural attacks. And he has synchronicity while, uh, a synchronicity wave traveling, which basically is an instinctual supernatural ability for Constantine to make his own luck. So that's where he gets his, like, his con man type thing, too. He makes his own luck, probability and whatnot. Um, one of the storylines I think you should check out, read this uh, Tainted Love, which was Hellblazer 68 through 69 in 1993, where uh, John Constantine is a homeless alcoholic who battles the first vampire in history. And it dealt with very, very dark and heavy themes such as uh, sex trafficking, sex workers, indifference to homeless people, and substance abuse. So it's a very dark and gritty. I, I always like that his character has a lot of inner demons. Yes, that's yes. one of the best parts about his character. Yeah, then he—that's why—and he's great. And but that's that's my number three, John Constantine. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, my number two. So moving on to number two. Um, this character. I'm gonna let Jay Free take a guess here because I'm gonna I'm gonna give the um Ooh, like the this. issue. I'm gonna give the issue in the year. So uh, first appearance, Hawkman number four, October November of 1964. Supernatural character, huh? Uh, Raven. No, that might be too too early for Raven. Too new, too, yeah, too, too early because she was she was Titans. Uh, sh- hero or villain? Hero. I don't know. I give up. The ever so mm, Zatanna. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love Zatanna. I think I I think we need to see more Zatanna. Um, I know like she she's been she was big in the Justice League Dark series, which was very very popular. Um, I think that now was it the new was it the the newer Batman cartoon she's in now too with with Etrigan. I think they're yep. they're in that. Um, but also, there's the Justice League Dark movie coming out uh, at some point. Is that still on the? Uh, 
I haven't heard anything about that. That's something but, but worth I, looking into. Yeah, I know it wasn't titled Justice League Dark. It's something else. But um, this is just a character that I think that, um, you know, when you think of all the DC females, you think of who? You think of, well, Wonder Su- Woman, Supergirl. Supergirl. Um, and then the rest are kind of the villains, right? Poison, Poison Ivy, Ivy, Harley Quinn, Catwoman. Catwoman. Maybe if for heroes, maybe you think Starfire, but not even yeah. Raven, as I mentioned. Yeah. Uh, the other interesting thing about this character is, you know, she's just a magician. Like her, 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 her story is she's just a magician. Her father was a magician, and but with real magic. Um, and I always like the whole saying the spells backwards kind of thing was always been kind of interesting to me. Um, and again, she has a connection to Etrigan that, that that's pretty cool. I've, I've read some of the Justice League Dark stuff. It's really interesting. Um, but this is a character I think they could do a lot more with, and they could you know it would do very well on the big screen. I think um, just be a change up from some of the other uh, female DC characters that we constantly see. And I think a lot of people would actually like the character. Now, when you say that you like to see her in film, do you sexualize her by putting no. her in the fishnets? No. Okay. No. So what is she going to wear? Like uh, pants? She could. I'm sure they could figure it out. You know. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the fishnets. Yeah, it could be a little much on. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 all I have, you know. But I'm they just... they could pay homage to her, like kind of like they did with Harley Quinn in uh, Suicide Squad, like have maybe like some scene with her and or even like stuff, a flashback, like a flashback. With her as exactly, a magician, exactly, yeah. yeah, and then go to something a bit more modern. Um, but uh, I think you know this is a character that could probably be a good part of the uh, you know the DC cinematic universe. So um, definitely, uh, I'd like to see more Zatanna. My number two. My number two. KB already touched upon it, but. The demon Etrigan. So that is a gentleman by the name of Jason Blood. I was going to say the rhyme too, you know. Were you? <laughs> yeah. So uh, just a quick bio on Etrigan. KB touched upon a lot of the stuff. Um, Etrigan is the son of the demon Belial. Belial. Yep. Uh, summoned by Merlin, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, the half, uh, his half brother. Yep. Uh, Merlin was unable to get the creature's secrets, so he bonds the creature to Jason Blood, who is a knight in King Arthur's Camelot. Jason is now immortal, and he ends up in present-day Gotham mm-hmm. as a demonologist. He finds Merlin's crypt and finds a poem that transforms him into Etrigan. And in order to transform, he must recite the poem, which I just played for you. Change, change, O form of man. Re- oh, and this is actually, it usually only says the last two lines, so I'm going to read the whole thing. Uh, he normally says, gone, gone, the form of man, rise the demon Etrigan. But the full rhyme is, change, change, O form of man, release the might from fleshy mire, boil the blood in the heart for fire, gone, gone, the form of man, rise the demon Etrigan. You know what I like about the character, too? It can, it, it's a character that, if you read the older stuff, it's more serious. But if you read like the newer stuff, it's more comical. Yeah. And it can, it can, it can, they can do a lot with that character, especially if they do a Justice League Dark movie. They could do a lot. So you were going to say the rhyme, though, before, right? Yeah. How does he change back into Jason Blood? I don't, I don't remember that. He says, Gone, gone, O Etrigan, rise again, the form of man. man. Okay. So uh, some of the powers that he has. He has superhuman strength. He can project hellfire from his body. He has telepathy, energy blasts. Precognition, a healing factor, and he can also uh, manipulate matter on a molecular level, and that mm-hmm. happened in Batman: The Brave and the Bold. So I don't think that's happened in the comics yet. I haven't seen that, but it was the yeah. cartoon Batman: The Brave and the Bold. Um, one of the storylines you should check out, though, is check out uh, 
Blackest Night Batman. So it's a tie-in to the Green Lantern Blackest Night. But, so that was, uh, when, when was that? Was that was 2009. 2009. Batman, uh, no, it was Blackest Night Batman number three. Uh, Dead Man, who I mentioned a little mm-hmm. earlier, possesses J- uh, Jason Blood's body, oh. transforms into Etrigan, and starts laying waste to all the Black Lanterns that are rising Ooh. up from the grave. That's interesting. Yeah. So that's a story to check out. That's my number one. At, uh, my number two, rather, Etrigan. I'm going to go on to number one. On to number one. KB, what's your number one? My number one, and I've talked about the character before on the show, so I, I as much as I hate bringing a, sec- a character again in the countdown, um, my number one is uh, McFarlane's Spawn. Nice. I, I, I just... Spawn is, is... is When Image came out at that time, you know, Spawn was it was really the, the Batman... Superman or Spider-Man of Image. He, he was um, the he was the yeah, face of yeah, the. T- he was the uh, face of the company. Yeah, and still is. I, I think even with all their titles, he, he pretty much still is as far as characters go. Um, but basically, like here you have Al Simmons, you know this uh, uh, mercenary that works for the government. Well, not mercenary, but uh, government agent uh, who his, his handler is a man named Jason Wynn who sets him up and uh, they kill him and. Basically, so he goes to hell. He makes a deal with the demon or devil Malbolgia, who takes his soul in exchange for going back uh, just to see his wife, Wanda. And basically, he's now back as this, uh, not a zombie, but this, um, I don't even know how to describe him, like a fleshy, melted flesh and uh, just not the uh, his idea of coming back to life. Um, so he's tormented by the fact that, you know, here he is back on Earth. He made this deal. And he can't have his life back, so it's really um, you know that classic that that classic uh, uh, story of oh man deals with devil and gets screwed basically. Um, but the the powers the and, and his powers too like he runs out of power eventually he he, he does run out of power. Um, his power is not infinite. So but his his the time that he dies again will be when he runs out of power. So what's interesting is throughout the comics is that. He basically has to manage how much power he's using because he only has so much. Um, so he he has to learn to go back to kind of a lot of his human ways of fighting. Um, he can do things like teleport and his chains and his ca- his cloak. Um, another big part of what he does because the, they're alive and they protect him and they do all kinds of things. Um, he also can see. He also seems to have uh, a, a very strong frame in his body. I, I know there's been. I, I've read parts in comics where he's like had cars like just smash into him, and it was like hitting a hitting a brick wall, and the cars just fall to pieces. Um, so he's just one of those characters that I think if you're saying a mystical character, um, somebody who has a lot of uh, powers that are unexplained, um, that come from some kind of uh, myst- other mystical being, I think Spawn is probably number one on the list. So that's that's my number one. Excellent, thanks, Q. That's that's you know what? As Spawn didn't make my list, um, but another great character. You know, just I want to give a quick shout out to, to like Scarlet Witch, Doctor Strange. Doctor yes. Strange got a movie coming out. All these other Marvel characters. Yeah, I just think DC does the magic a little bit better than Marvel. Yeah, the uh, so my number one, um, and this will come as no surprise to KB. <laughs> we were close. I've reinforced Rocket's force bubble with my magics. Blue's not going anywhere. You're up the rig tag to know slump me. What was all that gibberish? Well, that was Zatanna because she cast her spells backwards. Uh, my number one we is were close, Zatanna. dude. We were, like, dude, uh, your number three and two were my two and one, respectively. So that's why I thought. Great minds think alike. Yeah, apparently. 
Uh, quick bio on her. As KB mentioned, Zatanna is the daughter of magician Giovanni Zatara. Her name is Zatanna Zatara. That's an interesting awesome name. name. Uh, Zatanna makes her living as a stage illusionist prior to discovering her magical abilities while investigating the disappearance of her father. Her original costume is based upon her father's costume, but substituting fishnet stockings and high heels for slacks. Mm. So I think if they do do a movie or she's in the movie, I think they go back to slacks just to make it. Yeah. She can still wear, you know, the, the tight white shirt that she normally does and still be sexy and all that fun Probably stuff. Probably be a very tight pair of pants, too, not like a... Yeah, not yoga like pants, that. though. Yeah. I mean, that would be amazing, too, but let's, let's not sexualize these characters, KB. <laughs> um, her powers, one of the, she's one of the most powerful sorceresses in the DC does universe. Does she have the top hat? <sighs> That's a tough thing to carry no. around. No, I think you do it's it in the flashbacks. If you do flashbacks, yeah. I don't think you I, do I, it. I, I, think, I think you have to have the bow tie. The bow tie I can see. The the Make and maybe work. as an homage, but I don't think the top hat. Yeah. Her powers, as I mentioned, one of the most powerful sorcerers. She's able to call upon a tarot reading for insight or divination. Divination, is that how you pronounce it? I think yep. so. Uh, she usually casts spells by speaking verbal commands backwards, as you heard. And then on rare occasion, she's actually cast spells by writing them in her own blood rather than speaking them aloud. Mm. So if like she's seriously injured and she can't speak. It's used as a last resort to maybe heal her or whatnot. And I just, I love her, her character. Mm. And the reason I, I, well, obviously I find her, you know, an awesome character. She's very strong-willed character. Mm-hmm. So she's very. not just, you know, cheesecake or, or, or a sexual object, even though she is an extremely sexy. She's a spitfire. Yeah. She's an extremely sexy character, but she's got a strong head on her shoulders. And she's not afraid to make tough decisions. She, she's a leader. She's definitely a leader. Which goes into point with my storyline that I want you to check out, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you've read it, but 2004 Identity Crisis. No, I have not. Amazing read. Basically, what happens is, and this is this gets dark right here, so spoilers here, but Dr. Light, who's a villain, uh, rapes elongated man's wife, Sue Dinby. Okay. Satana decides to tamper with his memories and erase that from knowing the identity and, a, and basically making him a dumb villain. Like, instead of mm-hmm. being a cunning evil like genius they basically make him like just like cannon fodder and just a doofus um while she's doing that it sparked a debate among the justice league zatanna hawkman and the atom all voted yes to mind wipe him while green lantern black canary and green arrow said no that's immoral and that goes Mm -hmm. against our code flash was the tiebreaker and voted yes to mind wipe him (laughs) right so as she's mind wiping him and erasing his memory Batman shows up and intervenes. And then she erases his memory of the whole instance as well. <laughs> so basically, that was a unanimous vote from the Justice League. She's Everybody, one of those characters you could reset the whole universe with. She could. and But then th- there's there's little like things. She's, she's not afraid to like do like the dirty work either, even if it for the, like, the greater good in her opinion. So I think that's really, I, really cool. I have some things to add to this. Well, actually. I got one more thing, and then you can do your yep. thing. But she's also responsible for Catwoman becoming a hero, more of a hero and less of a villain because she altered Catwoman's mind, making Selina want to be more more altruistic. And that's why she kind of became like this villain teaming up with like the Joker and Poison Ivy and whatnot to being more like helping out Batman and being more of an anti-hero. Yep. And that's due to Zatanna's uh, doing as well. So, One of the things I want to add is, is one, I hope she's in, in, in the Injustice 2 game because her character was in the first one as DLC. It was a good character yep. to play with. Um like to see what they do, you know, graphically, the powers and all that stuff. Um, second is is a theory about the whole Justice League Dark movie, um, in relating to Suicide Squad as well. So 
in the Justice League Dark, uh, I, I picked up the first trade, and I was reading the first trade. So in, in the Justice League Dark, so Enchantress comes into the picture. It's basically battling the Justice League, and, and um, I think, I forgot what she did, but she did something, and she defeated Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman, and this is how Justice League Dark, I guess, forms in the beginning. So I'm wondering if they're going to do something similar to that, because now Enchantress, I know Enchantress, if you have, well, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Suicide Squad, but, you know, Enchantress is the villain, and she, she perishes, basically. That we know, that we that see. We, that we see. So what I'm wondering is if that is kind of going to be maybe a little bit of the story plot for getting into Justice League Dark. If they maybe, maybe being releasing, releasing because it was her brother that was also her henchman. Like now all these like uh, supernatural yeah. and mythical and, and well, magic Well, the need the of forming Justice League Dark in the sense of like, uh, like I said in the comics, Enchantress defeats Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. So maybe that at some point in this DC and cinematic universe is what causes Justice League Dark to form. I, I, I don't see Justice League Dark just coming out of nowhere. That's what, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I hope that they kind of... No, but I hope they tie it to maybe maybe yes. or maybe just unleashing that magic from the Enchantress, maybe like created a rip in the space-time with you know other villains or yep. other... Um, I can't think of his name right now. Who's the, who's Raven's father? Etri- uh, Trigon. Trigon, thank you. That will be, I would love to see Trigon. Like, what so. if that's like the, the, vi- the main villain for Justice League Dark? It makes sense. He, if I had to compare somebody to Thanos, it'd probably be Trigon. Absolutely. Well, that was a great final countdown. Uh, let's throw up the bat signal, KB. Throw um, the Facebook stuff. Yeah, Facebook covers of the week. Oh, be on the lookout. Um, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, October. We've made some edits to some nice uh, Thor Jane Foster covers. Um, so see yeah, those pop KB's up. KB's uh, taking the reins on this, and he had a great idea. You know, all these, you know, strong women, and and you know, yeah. give, give give a little background on that if well, you want. Well, yeah. So um, you know, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. You know, a lot of people. Uh, you know, uh, have, there's a lot of people that have gone through that and are struggling with that. And um, Jane Foster now being Thor when she wields the hammer. Part of you know, part of that deal is that she has breast cancer as well. So here's a a strong woman who is um, fighting with breast cancer, but is also a superhero. So I think the images that they portray on a lot of the covers just kind of say that there's a hero in, in basically, you know, everybody who's fighting with this, um, you know, there's a hero inside of you that you can let out and, you know, um, basically, you know, live your life and, uh, you know, be the best that you can. Um, so these, I, I picked two Thor covers that kind of celebrate that. Um, so we're going to be posting them with the, uh, pink ribbon on them. And, um, so if you want to make them maybe like a profile picture or a, um, or, you know, a, 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 a wallpaper or whatever for the month of October, you know, just kind of show your support the geek way. That's awesome. I think that's yeah. a great, a great idea. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't say enough, you know, good things about that. I think that's just a, a wonderful, wonderful idea. And that's very, uh, it's very cool that I think it's. Uh, I can't wait to see the finished product, and I yeah, yeah be on the lookout for that. Uh, check our Facebook page. Check our uh, Instagram uh, for your geek on Instagram. For your geek on Twitter, we'll throw it there. We're gonna throw it on our website, jfreethegeek.com. Uh, what else am I missing? YouTube. We haven't really yeah. done much with our YouTube channel we'll yet. Get there. We'll, we'll get we're there. We're gonna get there. We're just we're building it up. We say that every show. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we need to get you there. Know, a year from now, we'll have like two more <laughs> videos on that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. We might take some videos and put put yeah. it up from uh, Comic Con, Rhode Island Comic Con, yep. and we go to that. We'll throw that up on the, the YouTube page. Um, so check that out. Uh, we'll be going out with uh, the theme song from Constantine, which I thought was a very underrated series, and I'm kind of upset they canceled it after only one season on oh. NBC. But um, it's a good you know month of October, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and you know it's also like kind of a Halloween month. So yep. we ha- we're gonna have many um, spooky and uh, otherworldly themed shows upcoming uh, yep. in the next few weeks. So 
be on the lookout for that. KB, hit him with the catchphrases. Start your weekend with your geek friends and get your geek on. Later, folks. Later.